It's another Tuesday evening on 97.3 City FM and I'm excited because it's time for us to have a technology conversation. What else were you thinking? Welcome to City Trends. My name is Philippa Sean and City Trends is sponsored by First National Bank. How may we help you? And ZPay, freedom to choose, express and transact. Simply dial star 270 hash right now and enjoy that freedom. On the show today, we have a number of things. Geek Bytes for one, where we try to find the intersecting lines between technology, innovation, business and the law. We have the app segment, the trending segment, and your tech as well coming up. And in our main conversation for today, tech hubs and their place in the ecosystem conversation. When you hear a tech hub, what comes to mind? Is it some co-working space or like what what do they do? What 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 at all do they do? Well, we're going to find out today, and we're going to find out some of the people who have been involved with building that ecosystem that we are also proud of today and is breathing, you know, so many different people all over the world, changing the world of technology. We're going to have that conversation with three of my guests. One of them happens to be in tamale two of them are in the studio it's going to be incredible you can join the conversation on our whatsapp number 0549-986-996 and the whatsapp number once again is 0549-986-996 you can go ahead and type that in and send us your thoughts but today we'll be talking about the apple event we'll bring you updates from that event as well so um yeah i mean we can't go around without talking about it but then now it's time for Geek Bites, and this is where we basically bring you up to date with, uh, you know, things that are happening between the law and technology and innovation and where they crisscross and, you know, have a good time. So today's, um, today the lawyers are going to talk about something. Um, yeah, let's, let's hear what they have to talk about. Thank you, Philip. Have you ever considered the key provisions of the terms and conditions of your service? Well, before you let Kofinye of HR copy T's and C's from Uzbekistan, Take note of this. The terms and conditions are like the constitution governing the relations between the service provider and the consumer. To safeguard the interest of the service provider, these T's and C's have to be properly tailored to suit not only the service provider, but also the jurisdiction in which the service operates. It is advisable to include a waiver of class actions in the T's and C's. While there may be compelling benefits to pursuing class actions for the consumer, litigation and class actions can easily cripple and bankrupt companies, especially in their nascent stages. As such, a company may want to have provisions that protects them from class actions while providing an acceptable recourse alternative. Until the next bite, follow us on Twitter at GeekBytes8. That is G-E-E-K. B-Y-T-E-S and figure eight. And follow the Geek Bytes thread on LinkedIn at the Eight Geeks at Law.
did you know that there are over 50 plus technology hubs spread across the country um did you also know that you probably have very little idea about the role that technology hubs actually play well if you're like me and you've been scratching your head and wondering whether they are co-working spaces or they're supposed to be some enablers or they're supposed to be finding you jobs or they're supposed to be doing something well that is why we're supposed to have this conversation so we can clear the air and have a good understanding of what technology hubs are actually like if you have a cousin or a nephew or a niece or a sister who says well i'm going to some tech hub somewhere where i'm going to do a b and c well this is the conversation for you this is how you get to know what exactly technology hubs are doing or tech hubs are doing in ghana and where they place within you know this technology ecosystem that we're trying to build in the studio with me um three gentlemen one of them happens will be on the phone with us um all the way from tamale well we have um brian jansi jadofu Yes, indeed. He's the co-founder of Honode. Um, I'll be asking about what's the difference between a node and, you know, um, you know, yeah, he'll be answering that. And Josiah um, Chrissy Aysen is a CEO and co-founder of iSpace Foundation. And um, we'll be having Gideon Brefo, who is a co-founder of Harper Space. So you see, now we have um, space, we have iSpace, Harper Space, and now we have the Node. So we're figuring out what exactly <laughs> those categorizations are. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me on the yeah, show. Thank you All for right, having us. All right, let, let's, let's start off with that basic definition. Like it was an exam. Um, question one, what mm -hmm. is a tech hub? You want to you wanna go? Okay, um, so Philip, once again, thank you for this. Um, it's just one of those things, right? So a tech hub, for me, is a space where um, you, you find like-minded individuals um, working on um, innovation, right? So to, um, I'll say technology solutions. Um, and right now what we find is a lot of people confusing that with, um, I would say, co-working spaces. So a place where individuals with tech-minded um, solutions kind of meet and kind of hack problems and create solutions for society, really. Mm, mm. I mean, then how does it set it apart from a school? I mean, it doesn't. Mm. It doesn't. Mm. I think um, a, I think a tech hub would be a place where creativity is allowed to flow and teachers will not cane you, right? Mm. That is the only difference, really. And innovation and tech happens to be the base it's, of everything right. that happens. Yeah, yeah. I see. I mean, that's pretty simple then. Right, very. So how... Is it is it just for location distribution purposes or what's that we have over 50 spread across the country or... What, what is the nature? Like, who even controls all these tech hubs? Do they have a code of conduct? Like, what's going on there? Yeah, great question. I think, um, but then you have to go all the way back, right, um, to, I think, 2011-ish. At that time, there wasn't that many um, hubs, really, in mm. Ghana. Mm. Then 2013, you saw the, um, at that time, it was um, Harbour and was, yeah, um, Harbour Cry, right? Yeah, Habakra yeah, now. now is Impact Hub, right? Hub, yeah. So then Habakra, then iSpace, and then you had um, web, Mobile Web. But then it's like between 2013 to now, you've seen the spread. Yeah, and for me, it's, it's a great immense. thing. Because what happened was naturally all the programs um, that were centered around entrepreneurs was based in Accra, right. right? See, so you might have very innovative individuals in the north that cannot participate in programs in Accra because, right. again, infrastructure, they can't travel down, they don't have the money. So I don't see why people will have a problem if somebody in the north figured, you know what, 
why can't we have a tech hub, right. you know, to cater to our need? Because again, entrepreneurs are responding to the need of their community, right? Mm. So, and tech hubs also happen to be a problem solver in that. Right. So that's where you see the growth. So now you see whole nodes, the hyperspace, the um, um, Hoping Academy, all of these things, even in Tamale area, you have like four of them in mm. there and they're responding to a need of the community. So. What, what is the difference between a tech hub and a co-working space? Because like, in the past, I just kind of thought, well, that's what it same. is. It's just, you want to you you attempt it, then yeah. we jump in, right? Okay, so co-working spaces are just office suits mm -hmm. or service office suits that are available for anybody to walk in and, and get a, a table and a chair to work for, for a day. Hubs basically do more than just providing space. They create programs right. and allow people to interact and work together and to innovate. So the main difference is that for the co-working spaces, they're just providing you a space mm -hmm. and all the facilities you need to work. But tech hubs do more than that. Mm. They provide you pro they are provide programs. Mm -hmm. They provide a platform for networking. And it's at the base of that networking that innovation begins. Mm. Yeah. So mm. inside tech hubs, some have co-working space in yeah. there. Because right. it's a business model. Yeah. We right. need to make money. So right. we rent out those spaces for people to then... But Obviously, then you yeah. offer a separate layer of quote-unquote service Services, right. where, like you were saying, the networks are happening, yeah. the training Trainings is happening, happening right. the collaborations are happening. Exactly. I see. I see that. that I mean, because at a point, I really thought they were one and the same. No. But then clearly, like, they are two completely different yeah. things. So typically, anybody who walks in comes to experience what? Good question. I mean, um, so on behalf, like, uh, by the moment, I wear two hats. So right. I will talk about iSpace a little bit. And then right. when we talk about um, Hubs Network. So iSpace, for example, you can walk in and um, if you have an idea, we will sit down with you, unpack the idea, and then figure out whether, whether you like the skill set or you need partnerships or whatever it is that you need, whether it's resources, then we kind of then support you with that. So anybody can walk in. And then if you ideation, we can help you. If you already have your MVP created, then we'll find out how best to take you from MVP to launch. If you need incubation services, we're able to do that. Mm. So we don't really have like a set way of operating. We kind of have bespoke services. So right. based on the needs of the individual, we're able to kind of do that. Right? It's catered for that. And mm. this is what typically runs throughout all the tech hubs generally. Yeah, the ones the that country. are building capacity, right? I see, mm. I see. So what is this node business and what is this space business? Everybody's calling themselves some space or some right. node. Like, you, what's, Yeah, what's explain the about? node and I'll explain <laughs> the ice <iceberg. laughs> Okay, so... So if you're if you are I'm coming from an engineering background, right, right. and Node actually it's um interconnection of two wires, mm. and usually when nodes meet, there's a spark. Right. So that's the inspiration behind it. And when you bring two or more three people together, uh, right. and they are discussing uh, ideas, that's where ideas get formed and then right. become uh, innovation happens. So um, that's the whole idea behind Node, and we are located in Ho. So the Ho, Node that's in Ho, yeah, basically. That's <laughs> I'm slow like that. I'm slow like that. So, so the space as well. Like. It's just, just like an in, um, innovation space. So right. iSpace innovation space, right? Um, so that was the whole thing. So again, and when you look at the hyperspace, for example, hyperspace they already had um, an organization, mm. and then they just added the space to it, mm. right? Um, and then when you look at Hopin Academy, basically Hop in Academy. Me, right? right and yeah that's where most of these names come from <laughs> um so 
it just basically speaks to what we stand for, mm. right? Mm. Um, so when you look at whole node, um, for example, because of the engineering background, most of the stuff that it would do would be geared towards that, mm. right? And then iSpace, again, an individual walks in, we look at innovation, what it is that we can help you with, and then build from there. Gideon, joining us all the way from Tamale. Gideon, good evening. Okay, it looks like we lost um, Gideon on the line. I I'm wanted to sure, ask I'm him. Sure, I'm sure he's eating. <laughs> <laughs> he probably is enjoying our coffee all the way in the north. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 very clear now exactly you know what you guys do. But where do you fit in in this journey that we are on? This journey of building a very solid technology ecosystem where all the various parts basically connect, you know, seamlessly because we have the government side, we have the academia, we have the corporates, the businesses, we have the consumers. Where does, where within that space does a tech hub exist and how is it going to basically help us to build this ecosystem that we are getting so immersed in? We sit right in the middle. Right. Right, we sit right in the middle, and the reason why I say that, and I don't want anybody to think that we've been arrogant in in what we say, right? Because what we've found out is a lot of um, students, particularly let's say um, business um, administration students or even tech students, when they graduate from universities, mm. in the past when they come to iSpace, for example, um, people have done computer science and they have no skills whatsoever in coding. Mm. So then as a hub, we then run programs like Code School, right. teaching them coding languages from Python, Java, JavaScript, you know, Ruby, all of those. And we are then forced to create the talent that the market needs mm. right now, right? Mm. And we talking to government on policies that affect entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, we working with government to train entrepreneurs, particularly with the NIP program and all of those other things, because hubs are very dynamic, whereas mm. all these other organizations that you mentioned are very static, right? right? So because we're meeting all the different, different individuals, we, are, we innovate faster. Mm. So we are connecting all the dots and making it possible for the innovation that you see right now. Now, the growth of the entrepreneur um, space can never be um, understated from what it is that we've achieved since, what, 2011 to now, right? Um, so if you want to ask where we sit, I would just say we sit right in the middle. Mm. What's your thought? Mm. Yeah, I, I'll put it this way, that we are the nexus and we connect all the other stakeholders. The engineering mm. words. <laughs> and then create a platform for that connection to happen. Right. So if you, like you say, if you walk into the hub, the various services you provide and enables the whole ecosystem to work hand in hand. Mm. So for instance, like you're saying, the academia produces talents. That's the, um, the students basically, academia produces talents. And now the private sector, the established companies need this talent, mm. but they are not really ready to go into these um, companies. Mm. So most of the time they pass through the tech hubs mm -hmm. and get these practical add-on skills. And, and then so in two ways, some go directly into the private sector and some get skills to start their own businesses mm -hmm. as well. So on the academia, we, we are in that, in that instance, we are connecting academia and the private sector. Let, let me get to Gideon for a quick okay. second. Gideon, um, thank you so much for joining us. And how is Tamale this evening? Hi. Uh, good evening. How, how is Tamale this evening, Gideon? Oh, yeah. I'm even now at um, Navrungo. Uh, Tamale was cool, but I just arrived at Navrongo this evening. I see. The weather is 
school the... nearly rained that day that it hasn't. Well, well, it's good. Um, we, we are told that you're enjoying a confirmation on our behalf, so please do enjoy. <laughs> but um, Gideon, um, from where you sit as well, um, considering all the work that you're doing in the upper half of, of the country, what, what do you think has been the response of people living in the northern regions of the country to these sorts of conversations about having a tech hub, for example, somewhere in the north um, to how it is helping with training, how it's equipping young people, you know, to fit into, you know, um, tech companies and build their own businesses and build entrepreneurial skills. How, how do tech hubs basically help with the building of that dream? Yes, so um, uh, a number of ways. We know that at first people uh, were still trying to do things on their own, taking some initiatives. But everybody was working in silos. But um, since the advent of Tech Hub dotted across the country, especially in the northern part, um, these Tech Hubs are building communities. And now that people are um, seeing that there are a group of uh, young ones with such innovative minds as themselves are coming together to do things, they are also drawn to these communities. So that is helping to bring about collaboration and helping people to even get peer feedback on their innovations and, uh, yeah, helping them to shape whatever they are doing better. Apart from that, um, getting office spaces, um, like also in the south, is also difficult in the northern part of Ghana, uh, right from Ashanti upwards. But now this tech hub, um, 90, about over 90% of them also provide co-working spaces. So it also makes it very affordable um, for these startups to get spaces where they can actually work for. And tech hub. And they are also exposed to other stakeholders that on their own, it might have been very difficult to get access to them like the mentors, the coaches, and people in the corporate world that also sometimes uh, volunteer their time to access these tech hubs. Apart from that, usually these tech hubs also have connections with some investors, either angel investors or a group of individuals that are ready to uh, invest into these ones. So we usually do um, investor matching for these startups. So they get the opportunity to also pitch the idea to others <clears throat> who might have an interest in what they are doing and support them. Um, uh, quite recently, uh, at Hyperspace in the community, even the other entrepreneurs in the community um, were introduced to um, an innovative farming that one was doing, and he needed some support. But were able to do... money that this person needed for this department and that helps. And uh, these are some of the opportunities that the tech hubs are providing for the ecosystem. What what will be the main bottleneck? I mean, because I can, I can imagine why the 
tech hubs in the southern sector of the country will be vibrant. Obviously, you know, the capital is here, the ports are here, etc., etc. So then one can understand why it might be a little... It might not have the same excitement levels in the northern parts of the country, but can you give us a sense of why, what is, what exactly is happening on the ground, some of the challenges that the tech hubs, especially in the northern parts of the country, face on a typical day? Yeah. So um, usually, one of the main reasons why some people feel to want to join the tech hub communities or even come for assistance is their uh, fear of their ideas being stolen by others to be implemented ahead of them. And so people are overly protective about their innovative ideas. But if you can't share your ideas, then you, you, you cannot be helped. So that's one key challenge that we face here. And then uh, for those that have been involved in the normal buy and selling uh, over the years, Decades, they might have even inherited such businesses from their parents or grandparents or uncles and whatever. And the family might think that they've had a way of working that has been working for them. So now introducing them to innovative entrepreneurship becomes difficult for them. And so that also becomes another challenge. And uh, now also uh, up here, you know, the cost of acquiring uh, technological equipment are very expensive. So they have themselves, um, do not have all the equipment that um, one entrepreneur or the other might need. And so people have to also acquire the um, equipment by themselves if they want to pursue uh, entrepreneurship in the field of technology. And because they might not have the resources to do that, that also becomes a challenge. The other thing is that um, for the tech hubs themselves, the spaces uh, that they run from, the, the the rent rent is very high. And rent, especially if People are not coming in to use the co-working spaces, or uh, usually it is difficult to get people to pay for even programs. So uh, more often than not, we are forced to run programs um, events, and so that also becomes a challenge. All right, Gideon, thank you. Thank you so much. But I'll be coming to you in a quick second. Please hold on for me. Josiah and, and Brian, I just want to ask from you guys, apart from the co-working space part of the business, how else do tech hubs typically raise funds? Well, great question. Some of us um, either do research projects, um, organize events, um, and then form partnerships with other grant um, entities. So from Google, Indigo Trust, and even MTN, all of these other organizations. So there's um, other revenue streams that we use, really. Okay. Well, some hubs as well consult. So the individual members do consult and then uh, feed, um, get, uh, get the, the, the revenue back into the hub. Uh, as well, they, we do paid programs. Mm. So some of our training programs are paid. Mm. 
especially the master classes I pay by the beginner levels you usually do it for free so so that's one of the revenue the way we get revenue to that that's a very slim very I mean for, from what I see it's a very slim source of revenue to keep all the lights on and keep all the power I mean the the data running and everything I don't know how you guys manage <laughs> Um, we are struggling. I mean, I don't want to kind of sugarcoat everything. We, yeah, we are struggling. And and it's also because, again, most of the people that we partner with, they're very focused on programs, not giving money to a hub to sustain itself, right? And again, because of the type of en- entrepreneurs that we are supporting, we are capacity builders. So um, most of the entrepreneurs that you engage in the beginning cannot afford to pay you. And in Ghana, when you're paying dollars, Again, some people paying, if you're in Accra, for example, you're paying $3,000 a month for um, space or $1,000 a month for a space. So you need an average of probably about 10 entrepreneurs that will pay you 300 Ghana cities every month just to pay your bills, not anything else. Then you've got staff that you need to, you know, salaries, you've got electricity, you've got all of these other things to take care of. So um, I think the conversation definitely needs to be had um, that... You know, when we partner with organizations, you're not just funding a program. You should also kind of fund the hub itself, right? And But then, thankfully, we've had organizations like um, NEIP that's worked with us continuously, right, on yeah. certain programs. So through the um, partnership with NEIP, a lot of um, hubs have been established that way. Right. Um, but then those of us that came in initially with um, external funds. Yeah. Now we're struggling. I can imagine. Uh, Gideon, how how was the COVID period like? I mean, um, in terms of the running <laughs> of the hubs and then the spaces and the nodes that are available across the country. COVID has been a killer. <laughs> <laughs> Simply put. <laughs> you know, uh, for us, uh, for instance, we, we have just paid uh, our rent. Um, in December, and this thing started happening around February, and then people were afraid to come in. <clears throat> in the beginning, we didn't have much of a problem because we had some startups and then three companies that had taken the co-working spaces and what they were paying could cater for rent. So if we had any paid events or any consultancy work to and be done, we could also pay salaries. Then COVID comes in. The people were not coming in and they were paying, you know, month on month. So the moment they are out of the space, they are not paying the next month anyway. So no mm-hmm. one was coming in. And then there was no consultancy services. Um, some grants that we were even due to get, they were like, okay, every, everything is on hold now and blah, 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 blah. So we only store the little money in our account, just revenue, paying uh, the staff. So there were meetings upon meetings. Should we sack them? Should we maintain them? Should we cut down on salary? It was, it was a difficult situation to deal with. I'm guessing it's still a difficult situation, isn't it? It is. It is. But uh, like uh, Jose was saying, fortunately, we, we have had some programs to do, the YE and NEIP. Uh, had a program to run with us, and so like um, it was able to bring in something that could pay uh, the staff for two months, 
Um, and then after that, we got some research work to do. And I think that has paid them until now. I'm hoping that something else comes in so that we're able to pay them for the month ahead. Other than that, we'll come back to the table again and have a conversation. I see. Well, Gideon, thank you so much for um, you know the invaluable knowledge shared with us. And all, all, all the best. We can't wait to see you soon down south. Thank you. Well, wow. Yeah. He doesn't mince words At there. All. Yeah. And and that's the reality, isn't mm, it? That is. Uh, that is. That wow. Because, I mean, some of us have spaces that we can also rent. And like um, Gideon said, COVID kind of rearranged that real right. quickly, right? Um, and the beauty was well, for iSpace is I think that also allowed us to test out our virtual um, content. So mm. we just literally just did a whole lot of virtual work mm. um, sessions online. Majority of them were for free right. because you had to stay active, right? And I think as entrepreneurs, we always kind of teach other people to be, you know, hopeful, brave, <laughs> and all of that. So when COVID just innovative. came in, right? <laughs> Imagine <laughs> the teacher who's teaching you to right. be innovative. It's not stuck because you don't have any money <laughs> to eat. Right. You know, see, so COVID oh, actually man. tested those of us that are training entrepreneurs. Mm. So I think um, COVID had just shown us that nothing is set in stone. Right. You have to evolve, right? And I think that's why even more so now, you see the beauty of hubs um, because we were able to engage um, entrepreneurs. And one thing that um, hopefully we'll talk about, the Ghana Hubs Network was able to do, when this whole COVID thing happened and a lot of people, well, we went on to um, lockdown, we then developed a virtual mentoring um program so that we put a few mentors together and then linked entrepreneurs to that for them to still carry on you know their business model plans and everything else in order f so they don't lose that because we were thinking about their mental um, health yeah. more than anything else yeah. see so you know covid covid was it's, blessing in disguise well, it could be a sucker punch as well very but, i mean <laughs> <laughs> people say people say that you know the approach that you guys take to training talent and entrepreneurs is more of a festival thing. Hey, come over. Let's have a big jam. Every time there's a jam or there's something, the pictures, you guys are always laughing and throwing a party. Like that seems to be like the way it goes with tech hubs, you know, like, um, no, 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 and, and that, well, that's the impression. Right. And I'm just wondering, has it worked? Um, or if, is that the situation first of all? That, that actually, that's not a situation. A lot of hard work is happening behind the scene that we, we don't really post about. Yeah. So that's the thing about our social media world now. So we have um, a three-month program. People are learning how to code and to build um, their apps, their own apps. For the, the first, say, almost the three months, you will not hear anything about them. They are behind the scene coding. But on the, by the end of the program, there's a demo day, splash all over on social, social media. People are pitching pictures are there so people are seeing and saying oh and because there are a lot of apps as i'm doing the demo day this month somebody's doing the follow man right. so mm -hmm. you following mm -hmm. on social media i just think we are just having fun right, right. Mm. Ever just doing it but there's a lot of work that's happening behind the scenes so it's the so, demo day that we see exactly yeah, the demo day. you don't see because i mean for me particularly uh, my um entrepreneurs that i work with they scared to even have a meeting with me mm. right because i give people homework mm. Right, like homework. You have to go home, research, build your, you know, marketing strategy. All of it. and people don't see that part, right? right. And it's just like um, school, like you just said. Mm. 
doing classes, you revise for your exams, and then after you write your exams, that's when you jump up and down. People see that part. Mm. They don't see the other part. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's tough work. And some of us are writing our own curricula as and when we engage the um, entrepreneurs. Mm. So right now, we are kind of now working together to kind of have a national curriculum supporting entrepreneurs at a basic level. I really. was actually coming to that. Oh, I mean, sorry. with all these 50-plus tech hubs scattered across the country, right? Who is, who is keeping you guys in line? Who is saying, okay, so this is, this is what qualifies you to be a tech hub. These are the things you can do. These are the, the, the things you're supposed to have before you can qualify to be a tech. Is there anything like that that is sort of guiding the work that you guys do? Yes. Um, there's the Ghana Hubs Network. Okay. Um, so right now we have um, 36 full members. And then we have 14 just waiting in line to then join the membership. So we pretty much are the mother um, hen, so yeah, so mm. to speak. And we are looking at ways into kind of structuring these kind of curricular behavior, what constitutes to be a um, tech hub or co-working space, right. what kind of programs that you need to run. Because, yeah, I mean, we can't have a wild, wild west approach to um, exactly mm. um, entrepreneurship. So for the Ghana Hubs Network, that's what we're doing. I see. I see. And what is the what is the nature of the Ghana Hubs Network? Where can people find you guys? Is there constitution? Like, I just want to understand yeah. how that whole system um, works. So, Ghana Hubs Network. Um, so, www.ghanahubsnetwork.com right. um, to read about us. Um, and I think you were part of the administration last year, right? Yeah. yeah. And they did something. Sorry. Big man. He's a yeah. Big man. Oh, he's a big man. <laughs> um, they did um, a wonderful thing on um, 25 Days of Wow, right? So, they traveled around the nation, okay. connected all the hubs, um, and then built a startup act out of that, right? See, okay. So, they kind of talking to government at the moment. I think you should talk about that briefly, and then we just go back into... Oh, okay. So, what, what we did... Um, so, the government came up with a... And a national entrepreneurship uh, policy, and usually out of that policy you create an act. Right. Now policies are not binding, but acts are. So whilst we instead of waiting for government to come up with an act, we decided to engage entrepreneurs, not just sitting in a crowd, but we travelled eleven cities in twenty-five days, mm. and each in each city we had um, a gathering, what we call a policy hackathon. So we had a gathering of all entrepreneurs. Um, uh, businesses, uh, chiefs, just to gather and take their thoughts on what they want to be in that act. Mm. And then, so we went around the whole country, put all that together, and then we are working with other partners. We have the, um, the network of uh, startups, there's a network of startups. Mm. We're working with PEF, we're working with NEIP, and so we're working with all these other organizations together to build, uh, to channel what we call the startup act. So hopefully, we'll be engaging them. Um, we are engaging the other stakeholders, for instance, the Ministry of Business Development. They need to push this. So they are our, like our, our sponsor organization, and we are really actively engaging them to see how they can push this art ahead. Our belief is that when this gets passed, it, it regulates the whole entrepreneurship ecosystem. So the art will have a label, just like how you apply to the um, registrar general department to be an, an, an NGO. There will be a startup, startup label. So you apply to be a startup, and that gives you certain incentives and also certain responsibilities to the state. Right. So we believe that would go in a long way to streamline the whole uh, tech and entrepreneurship I ecosystem. I see. Yeah. Nana has a question. Uh -huh. In simple terms, AKA Nekrakran is saying, what's, what is a tech hub and what is its importance? 
Okay, Nana, great question. Um, so a tech hub is just basically a space where tech talent um, kind of meet, share ideas and innovate, right? So pretty much that's what it's going to be. But then it wraps around mentorship, funding, programs, and, you know, beyond the whole community itself. So it's not like a bunch of people just meet and then that's it. We create programs, mm. um, we give mentorship, we give you access to funding, investment, and pretty much anything that you need to then create um, innovations. Mm. And the importance is it's like asking me what is the importance of a hospital, right? Because in a nation where we want to innovate, you need spaces that these kind of individuals can meet and share ideas and where resources can then be given to them for that to happen. Now, I understand why some people will ask these questions because naturally in life you have people that get resources given to them. Mm. So when they have those resources, they don't see the importance of the other space. But there are entrepreneurs that have great ideas. They want to innovate, but they lack these resources. This is why it's important to have the tech, um, the tech hubs or tech spaces so that those that lack these skills or lack these resources can then be supported in that way. So do not sit at home in your comfort zone and think because I have all of these and I don't need this, that means that thing is irrelevant, right? right? That's, I think, sometimes in our own privilege, like we can't, right. And I think that's what it is. So um, with the Ghana Hubs Network, we have a structure. So we have a constitution that governs everything that we do. Right. Then we have a council and then we have the board then from the board, we have a secretariat down well. So even me sitting here as a current chairman of the network, I have people that I have to report to. So it's not like Josiah is walking around doing his own thing, right? So that's our structure. So every decision that we make as a board, we have to talk to the network first. And the network, the beauty about the council is that involves all the 36 members. See, so if the network itself wanted to kind of have a program, it first has to explain to the 36 members why we need to do that program. So we are looking at everything from a national and regional level as opposed to be a seg, um, you know, Accra or individual level. So, yeah, the network is very structured that in that sense. That works. That works. Is there a way people can get in touch with the network? How can they liaise with you guys in terms of programs and things like that? Um, so Ghana Hubs um, Network.com. So www.ghanahubsnetwork.com. Um I mean, you can also reach me, JK Asin, um, at, on Twitter, pretty much um, social media everywhere. active, so everywhere. everywhere. Um, so you can reach us, um, Brian. Yeah, you can reach um, Honode at brian at honode.org. Okay. Yeah, so you just drop us an email and then we'll pick the conversation from them. One of the things I also wanted to check in was what's the regional representation like currently within the Ghana Hub Network? I think it's, it's okay. Right, it's okay. Um, Accra, Accra is, is too too much. I think we don't need any more hubs in Accra to be honest. So Accra is clearly, clearly sorted. sorted right? more, more, oh, what yeah. about who? How many? So we, we had two, but one one has uh, closed down. Okay. Yeah, but like you're saying, every region now has a hub, right. okay. and even in in some regions there are more than um, one hub. Right. Mm -hmm. So every region, and there are cities, for instance, in Takradi, there's a hub in Takwa as well. Yeah. So um. The, the, the spread is good and it's a, it's a good thing. What's yeah. the Kumasi one called? 
Um, so they have Kumasi Hive. Okay. Oh, not Kumerica. Yes. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so they have Kumasi Hive. Yeah. They have um, uh, Women's Haven. Women's Haven. Um, they have Fab, um, Fab, Fab, Lab. Fab, Fab Lab. Then they have Happen Space. But I think from the Hub's we perspective... We have NBU as well. Right. We're doing very well. But where are we doing badly as a network is we don't have a lot of women um, founders, right, of Hub's mm. generally. Mm. So as um, currently the chairman... That's something that I'm going to focus on, right? right? Um, push that. And I know a lot of people be like, yeah, we go with the female agenda. But again, it's entrepreneurship important. is it's, both male and female. So right now when we do programs, you're going to see a whole lot of men. And um, we need more female founders in our network. So that's something that we're pushing. So if you're a female and you're interested in, in running the hub, even as a hub manager, right. get in touch with us. Right. I'm more than happy and I can lean on my members to get you an internship. Right, there's something that I'm going to push through regardless. Right? right, so if you're interested in even learning how hubs work as a female, get in touch with us, and we will kind of place you whatever you need to be, and ensure that that happens. Really, and that's and that and that is how the cookie crumbles. Well, Josiah, um, Brian, thank you so much, you guys, yeah, for thank you making for time to join us on the show. We we still have the app segment and the training segment coming up, and your tech as well. But guys, thank you so much uh, for giving us at least a sense of what's going on within the space and where the help is needed and where the help needs to be directed. Thank you so much. Thank you for and, having me. Um, and we're going to have a conversation about um, a certain app that Jeffrey says he's found. I don't know the nature of it, but he will come and tell us about it, hopefully. Today, many business owners are navigating unknown territories. We are asking new questions, like how can we keep ourselves, employees, and our customers safe and keep our businesses going? And how can we make sure we get them paid with minimal physical contact? But no matter how tough the times, remember, help says we can. That's why we can help you pay salaries and even your vendors here in Ghana or pay Forex abroad with our online banking enterprise. And together, we can keep ourselves, our businesses, and the economy going. Visit firstnationalbank.com.gh and use our online banking enterprise for all payments. First National Bank, how can we help you? All right, so we're getting now into the app segment of the show, and Jeffrey Rukusapong is here with a very interestingly labeled app. What do you have for us this week? It's called, I don't know if it's Qubit or Qubit, but that one X, so Qubit X okay. or Qubit X. Okay. So basically, transactions using blockchain. That's basically what it is. Okay. For now, it's in Ghana and Nigeria. So basically, if you want to say do some transaction in Nigeria mm -hmm. and you're in Ghana, instead of looking for ways to change the money from cities to Naira, you use blockchain to directly do that transfer. So let's listen to what the app is all about. My name is Victor Olorofemi. I'm the Vice President of Products at Qubit X, 
an engineering company building solutions to solve important problems in emerging economies, particularly and especially Africa. One of the solutions we have built, which is in fact our flagship solution, is the KDX Wallet, which is currently available on Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. At its core, the KBX Wallet is an alternative remittance solution that leverages blockchain technology to transfer value from one part of Africa to another, swiftly and cheaply without reliance on FX. FX obviously meaning foreign exchange. We'll call KBX Wallet our ultimate financial passport. And this is because it allows you to move around, move value around supported countries in Africa using only one currency or digital asset, as long as it is supported within our ecosystem. At the moment, we have opened uh, the corridor between Nigeria and Ghana, and this means that people can now send and exchange value, you know, whether microtransactions or big payments between both countries in as quick as um, two to five seconds. And then also, uh, people in one country will be able to access you know, and pay billers of another uh, supported country using any of the supported asset, you know. So in essence, a father living in Ghana can pay local bills for his ward or child schooling in Nigeria, living in Nigeria, you know, all the way from Ghana. All he just needs to do is to bring out the wallet and then access the Nigerian, you know, the billers. And then all, you just fund his wallet with Ghanaian CDs and then make the payments right there within the app without even have to, having to worry about uh, having to convert, you know, um, and, 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 or having to source for local currency in Nigeria to, to pay the billers. I really, really like the concept of it. The mm. fact that, you know, um, they are leveraging on um, new tech to actually make these transactions happen across countries, yeah. across borders as well. Um, it will be it will be very interesting um, to use, uh, firstly. And um, it's interesting that people are exploring these options as well. Because, hey, if it's blockchain, then, of course, the levels of verification and everything are there. So you pretty much are in a good place. Yeah. You know, so you have a level of protection that you can go with but it's still new tech all the same and mm. it's it's interesting I, I i would really like to have a proper sit down with them and then we probably could invite them to the studio sure, one sure, of these sure. days and then get into so what was it called again qubit x qubit x k-u-b-i-t-x qubit x well if, if you're not sure about the e then you say qubit qubit x Yes, so um, please do check it out. You know, you can Google them, you know, find them. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, let's know what your thoughts are about the, the work that they do and what they do. But it's, it's pretty interesting from my standpoint because of how they leverage blockchain technology. And I think that's the, that's the biggest selling point of it. And now we are jumping straight from there to your tech. But before that, if you have an app that you would want us to review or you want us to check out or you want us to look into, you can get in touch with Jeffrey at... My handle is OJ, at OJSAPON on Twitter. At O-J-S-A-R-P-O-N-G. Um, if you want to get me on LinkedIn, Jeffrey Oroku Sapon. And that's it. Now it's time for your tech. And um, they're shivering. Yeah, um, she's so cold. <laughs> <laughs> the shivering Miss Ellen. <laughs> Ellen is here. Ellen, um, how are you? 
Oh, I'm shivering. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what what do you have for us this week? Okay, so um, I wouldn't talk much on this. Uh, Zuta has a long oh. problem. Okay. She wants to swerve and swerve and dean some money, but let's yeah, listen to <laughs> let's listen to what her issue is. So, I have two problems. One has to do with my laptop, and the other one has to do with my phone. Starting with my laptop. Um, with the Microsoft Office Suite, I realized that my product activation had failed. So I couldn't edit when I opened the Microsoft Word. I couldn't use any of the key, keys when I opened the Microsoft Word or any other Microsoft Office application. So I deleted the one that I had and then I tried reinstalling another one. But unfortunately for me, they told me that I can't reinstall another one because I already have a Microsoft Office working on my laptop. Meanwhile, I'd already deleted the previous one. I kept reinstalling and re-downloading and re-downloading only for me to realize that I can't do it. In fact, I tried it, uh, it didn't work. So please help me out because I need to type some documents. And also on my phone, I use an iPhone 7 Plus. And somewhere last year was it last year or this year i think this year january yeah i downloaded um pixart for a, pic- a picture a picture collage and then um i was supposed to use the three-day trial the three-day free trial period and after that i was trying to be smart by canceling it not knowing it had activated like it had activated though and not only some small activation but like a whole year plan and up to now, I owe Apple like, is this $16 or $15 for Pixart? Charlie, I can't pay that money for Pixart because I'm not even using the app anymore. And because of that, I can't download any app. I can't um, update any app. I can't do anything on App Store. And it's really stressing me. Please help me out. But, but <laughs> why, why are you feel so happy with <laughs> I have no words. Wait, I'm you are so, so excited. Zuta, what Zuta, I'm really sorry that we are, are you laughing so, happy so much. You know, let you know, Ellen take it over. How much does she earn? No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Ellen, Ellen, please. <laughs> so Zuta, um, hmm, please. <laughs> hmm, you are trying to swear, but <laughs> let's listen. <laughs> well, Zuta from Adenta. Um, apps are created by programmers. And a lot of times they invest time and effort into creating these apps. So please, whether it is a Microsoft app or an Apple app, as much as possible, try and pay for them so that they can also make a living of creating all these new programs, interesting programs for our use. That said, you said you deleted the app. I don't know what you mean by deleted the app, but if it means uninstalling the app, it means that you went through the settings and selected uninstall. I will just walk you through. To properly uninstall an app, you click on the start button, go to settings, in settings, select system. Under system, you will find apps and features. Look through the lists. After selecting apps and features, look through the list. You'll find the app that you want. In this case, you are looking out for Microsoft Office. When you select it, you have options under it, and one of the options will be uninstall. Select that. Um, a few things will happen after which it will tell you, inform you that 
it is done and installing. It is a good advice to restart your computer after. What happens is that sometimes the app has some services that are always running on your computer. So when you restart, it is able to shut down and properly um, delete and stop all those services and instructions from ever running on your computer again. Then you can properly install a new application. With your iPhone 7, if you want to properly um, put an end to a subscription, okay, cancel a subscription, what you have to do is go to the settings app. The first item you see in the settings app will be your name that you use to register your Apple ID. Select it. When you select it, um, I think the third option you will have will say subscriptions. Select it and if it asks you to enter your Apple ID, please do that and select choose to view your Apple ID. Sign in and again, select subscriptions. All the apps that you are subscribed to will be listed. Select the app that you are talking about that is a PixArt. And when you select it, you have an option that shows up that says cancel subscription. That should work. You might have to pay off your debt to Apple before you can completely um, cancel the subscription. Mm. Well, I don't know what else to add. I have but a suggestion. I think Jeff, okay. yeah, Jeff was so, um, for Microsoft, for Office, you, if you use their web app, so if you go to office.microsoft.com and you set up an account, you can use that one online in your browser, browser and it's connected to your OneDrive. So you can use that. Or you Google can use Docs. Google Docs. Or there's another one called WPS <laughs> Office. Just use Google no, Docs. No, you see, Google some Docs. people don't like... I understand, though, but you want free. So just use Google, Google Docs. Docs. Anyway, Ellen, <laughs> if people want to get in touch with you, we've already had one um, yeah. from Tony from Tema yeah. who has an issue with his with iPhone, iPhone 5, 5 yeah. not being able to connect to Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. So um, how can people get in touch with you to share their issues? Okay, so my Twitter handle is at E-A-D-A-P-A. E-A-D-A-P-A. E-A-D-A-P-A is D-A-P-A-H. Yes, get in touch with me and let's help you out. Brilliant. So now let's find out what we've missed over the last couple of days. And uh, Mr. Inchi is here to give us that on trending. Yeah. So uh, one big story, I think the whole this week, or let's say today that people are very excited about is the reduction of the talk tax. Right. Communication service tax mm. from 9% to 5%. Mm. And then it takes effect today. Right. So from today, Is that why the network has been acting weird? Maybe. Uh, I'm they are finding <laughs> ways to still get their money. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It from today. So yeah, clearly. To enjoy more time. And then today was the Apple event. Everybody was, I was shocked. There were just two devices, yes. two sort of categories of devices, the Apple Watch and then the iPad. Apple, yeah. I, I don't know. And then oh. Apple One. Apple One, exactly, the service. Yeah. You know, so it's supposed to be a subscription-based yes. service. That was, I think that's a pretty decent one because if I'm paying separately for Apple Music, I'm paying separately for Apple TV, that doesn't make too much sense. Yeah. If I bunch it all together yeah. and I pay one amount, I basically have all the services. That 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 makes a lot of sense for me. Yes, it it makes a lot of business sense. But I mean, I don't know. I was really hoping to see a new phone. A new phone, okay. <laughs> or at least a new Apple, you know, headset or earpiece or something. But 
the no, next Apple event. Yeah, the next Apple <laughs> event. I'm guessing we'll have to wait for that. Yeah. But then, hey, um, if you want to get in touch with Mr. Entry, you can get in touch with me on Twitter, OY Entry. All right. Well, that will be it all for the show today. Um, it's been great coming your way. Thank you so much, Josiah and the Ghana Tech, Ghana Hub Network, um, Brian and Gideon as well. Thank you guys so much for making um, the show a good one. Thank you so much to everybody else. But then, if you want to take another listen to the show, it will be available as a podcast first thing tomorrow morning a big thank you to the rest of the team but until next week stay techy